morning and welcome to Sunlight Christian Center, located in downtown Orange. Let's join Pastor Joe and the worship service in progress. God gives us another chance. Again, where would we be if he didn't give us another chance? Where would the prodigal son be if he didn't do it again? When he came to himself and he turned his heart towards his home, he discovered that his father was willing to receive him again. God does it again. If God was not patient with us, again and again and again, we wouldn't be here today. He does it again. And, and, and what I'd like to, to show you this morning is that I want you to take a look at this picture. It's the picture of a moth that is attracted to light. And we say, what does this have to do with the sermon? It has a lot to do with the sermon, so let me just set the stage. There's something about a moth that is attracted to light. It, it, it's got some genetic makeup that makes it want to go towards where. So if you had a, a flame burning several miles away and the moth saw it at night, the moth would wing its way and eventually get to that light because it is attracted to light. When the moth finally gets to the flame, he will discover that there are two components and one is light and the other is heat. And now the moth is a little confused because it's attracted to the light, but it's repelled from the heat. And so what it does is it does a dance. And you've seen the moths. You've seen them, how they do their little dance. And then they, are, they flit in and they pull back. And then they flirt with the light. And then because of the heat, they pull back. And so this little dance is going on between the moth trying to snatch the light but not getting burned with the heat. And if, you, if it were possible for us to get inside the mind of the moth, you might hear things like, you can do it. You can do it. You, you can get the light and steer clear. Let's try it. Let's try it. Let's go. Let's go for the light. Let's see if we can snatch the light without getting burned by the heat. And so the moth is in and out, in and out, flirting with the light and trying to avoid the heat, only to discover, they will discover this, that you cannot play with fire and not be burned. Now, I said all that to say this, the devil knows what our lower nature is. He knows how to trip us up. He knows how to attract us. The Bible says that he comes as an angel of light. He knows how to get us attracted to the light. What he does not tell us is that when you get close to the light, that there's heat that can burn you until finally you get close enough and you discover, if you have your eyes open, you discover that you got a dance that you got to be going through because there's light there that you want, but there's heat there that you don't want. And, and the devil comes along and here's his great deception. He comes along and whispers into your ear, but you can do it. You can outsmart the heat. You can outwit the heat. You can beat the odds. So why don't you try? And so we start doing the dance, just like the moth does the dance, and we get a little closer, and then we have to pull back, and we get a little closer, and then we have to pull back. And I saw this, and I realized that this is an illustration that really drives home the point of the life of Samson. Samson, before he was born, was called by God, before he was even born, God already ordained and anointed him to become a deliverer of the children of Israel who were under the thumb of the Philistines. So he was born, and when God gave him birth, God gave him a $6 million body. 
He had biceps and triceps and, and uh, other seps in your body that could compete with all of the weightlifters. He was faster than a speeding bullet and he was able to leap over tall buildings with a single bound. He was, he was strong. He was strong. If you turned in your dictionary to the word strong, you would see Samson's picture. He was strong. But as strong as he was, he had a weakness. And his weakness was women. But not just any kind of women. His weakness was Philistine women. And it seemed like his, his whole past, he had this, this track record of, of uh, dancing with Philistine women in and out, trying to get the light, but avoiding the heat and discovering that you have a real problem. His weakness, his weak, he was strong, but his weakness was women. I don't know what it was he saw in Philistine women. Maybe it was the way they put mascara on their eyes, their eyelashes, maybe the way they wiggled when they walked, or maybe it was the gown that they wore, lo and behold, I don't know what it was, but it was something that they, they, he saw something that God, God raised him up to be a strong man, but he had a weakness. Does it surprise you that God will use somebody who has a weakness to accomplish his purposes. Does it surprise you that, that a man who has been raised up to be strong discovers that he is weak somewhere? Everybody. You know, one of the, the jobs of a pastor is to make sure he preaches a sermon that touches everybody. I think I did it today. I think that if you were willing to agree with me, you would have to admit that even though I may be strong in this area, I am weak in this other area. I don't like to talk too much about it, but I got weaknesses here. And so there's got to be a word that's going to minister to you because God, the only people God has to work with are people with weaknesses. I mean, if God had to only go for what is strong in somebody, he would never get his work done. Because although God's looking for people and he can make them strong, he always recognizes the fact that even the strongest among us are weak somewhere. And God's program is run by people who are weak somewhere. The Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. There's none righteous. No, not one. So there's none of us who are excluded from this. And just like the moth who is doing this dance, trying to get the light without getting the heat, it's amazing how the devil is so deceptive in his ways that he knows how to dangle the light in front of us, not telling us about the heat, but the heat is there, and if you move in too close, you will get burned. Now, Samson is an interesting character because you will find many places in the story of Samson that when Samson got into a jam, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon him and then helped him overcome the obstacle that he was facing. For instance, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. He was able to kill a lion. Now, you've got to have the Spirit of God if you're coming up against a lion. And then another time, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he was able to capture 300 fox, tie their tails together, set them on fire, send them through Philistine crops, and have them burned. And how did he do that? The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Even, and here's the point, even when Samson was wrong, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. 
He was visiting the city of Gaza, and while he was there, the Bible says he was visiting uh, a prostitute, and the enemy of Samson spotted him in the red light district, and they made a mental note that in the morning, we're coming after him so we can capture him. They wanted to eradicate him because Samson was a problem to the Philistines. But at midnight, the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson, and he went to the gates of the city of Gaza and ripped them off their hinges and carried those gates 17 miles uphill to his freedom. And God delivered him. And then there was another time when the children of Israel got fed up with the shenanigans of, of uh, Samson, so they actually captured him and turned him over to the Philistines. And while he was on his way to prison, he looked down and he saw the jawbone of a mule bleaching in the sun in the desert, and he picked it up. And when he was through, there were 1,000 Philistines dead at his feet because the Spirit of God came upon Samson and delivered him. It's amazing because when you read this story, you see that over and over again, God does it again. God does it again. God anoints him again. God energizes him again. And then you get to the 16th chapter of Judges and you discover that Samson falls in love with Delilah. Now, I don't know if this is a portrait of her, a picture of her, but she must have looked something like that. Whatever it was that Samson was attracted to, it was Delilah. And the Bible says that he fell in love with Delilah. It does not say that Delilah fell in love with him. It says that he fell in love. And some people may read this story and say, well, you know what it was really. What it was is he fell in lust with Delilah. Well, maybe that may be true, but the Bible says he fell in love with Delilah. And we know that Delilah, Delilah was hired by the nobles of the Philistines to do one thing, and that was to discover the secret of his strength so they could bring him down. He falls in love with her, she falls in love with the money, and you got a problem brewing as Samson and Delilah come together. And she asks Samson, Samson, honey, sweetheart, baby, tell me the secret of your strength. Now he starts to play with her. It's a, it's a, it's a dance that he has with her. He, he begins to play like, like the moth flirting with the light. He says, well, he says, well, if you, if you get new rope and you tie me with new rope, then I'll, then I'll be as weak as anybody else. And, and, and he, he falls asleep on her lap. And she has him tied up with brand new rope. And then she wakes him up and says, Samson, honey, sweetheart, baby, the Philistines are upon thee. And he gets up and the Spirit of God comes upon him and he breaks and snaps the cords as if they were just threads. And then he, she asks him again, Samson, honey, sweetheart, baby, tell me the secret of your strength. Now he knows she's up to no good. There's no doubt about it. He knows. Now he's lying to her. And that's an interesting part of the story. If you, if you realize that Samson lies to Delilah, he's lying to her because he knows, he knows that she's up to no good. Or else he'd have told her the truth. He can't trust her, so he tells her a story. And, and it goes on, and, and, he, and, he, it keeps, and he keeps on dancing, dancing around. What if you use green rope? If it, Green rope will do it. If you tie me up with green rope, and I'll lose my strength, and I'll be like anybody else. And so he goes to sleep. 
Brothers and sisters, we are looking at a passage where you are looking at man in his most insane form. Goes to sleep on her lap. She has him tied with green rope. And she says, the Philistines are upon thee. And he breaks the rope like they were cords and strings. And she comes back and she says the same thing. Oh, and he's dancing, dancing with Delilah. Just like the moth that believes it can snatch the light without getting burned by the heat. Now I want you to take a good look at the story again. Just, just stop for a moment. Maybe freeze frame this moment. Samson, here he is and he's doing the dance with Delilah. He's telling her lies and she's begging and asking him for the secret of his strength and stop everything and just take a look at what's going on in Samson's life. He's got a problem here. What is his problem? You got to go a little bit below the story to see the real problem because everybody can see what is the obvious problem but it's something a little bit deeper in the story and that's where our eyes need to be able to look. Samson and Samson loved God. He worshiped God. He was a judge for 40 years. But Samson also, after having worshiped God, was hanging around with the devil's crowd. He was holy on Sunday and a holy terror on Saturday. He was, he was, well, what he was doing was straddling the fence. And the devil was right there. You got to know the devil is slick. He's got 6,000 years experience on us. And the devil was right there to whisper into his ears, Samson, you can do it. You can get away with this. You're smarter than Delilah. Well, you know, Lot, Lot, Lot messed up big time because he was stupid. But you, Samson, you, Samson, you, you can walk on both sides of the street because you've been doing it. Samson, I just want you to know that, but I know maybe the word says, but, but listen to this. You can serve two masters because you've been doing it. See, here's what the problem is. The problem lies because of God's inaction, because of God's mercy. We take God's mercy as to mean God's soft. And the devil would love to use God's patience and God's mercy against us. And so he whispers to Samson, Samson, you, 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 can, you can do it. You can, you, you can outsmart Delilah. You can play her game. You can win over her. You're smarter just like the moth. I can get that light without getting the heat. I, I can do it. I can straddle the fence. I can, I, can, I can sing in the spirit. I can sin in the flesh. Not that anybody here has ever have a problem with that, but aren't we tempted at times to come into the house of God and because we love the Lord, we worship him and we raise our hands and we say amen and we say hallelujah and then when we leave, we discover that there are opportunities that the devil presents to us and there are moments of temptation that he presents to us and we start to toy around with the same thing that Samson toyed around, with the same thing that the moth toys around with and we can, we can be attracted to the light and we're going to skip getting burned by the heat the devil's persuasive he comes to Samson and he tells Samson isn't it true and, and it's a wonderful thing how the Samson and the devil is so easily uses God's word against God and he says to Samson Samson isn't it true that there was a time when you went down to Gaza and you slept with a prostitute at the red light district but when you were in trouble and you needed help the spirit of God came upon you and you ripped those gates off and you carried them up a hill and God delivered you then and why can't he deliver you now you can you're smart God won't let you down and and the devil comes along and tells 
Samson in his own way, he'll do it again. God will bail you out again. He uses God's word. Has the devil ever used God's word against God? And he'll, he'll toy with us, making us think that the goodness of God is so good, God will overlook this, and God will close his eye to that, and, and, and we can get away because we've always gotten away, and now we will get away. And the devil just whispering that message into our ear. He'll do it again for you, Samson. You can do it. Remember that time when they captured you and they were you were surrounded by a thousand Philistines and they, the Spirit of God came upon you and you picked up the jawbone of a mule and you whipped the enemy and you were free after slaying a thousand men who had swords and spears and weapons and all you had was the jawbone of a mule? You can do it, Samson. You'll be able to handle this. Even when you were wrong, God's spirit came upon you. God's going to do it again for you. You'll see the, 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 the prodigal, listen, the prodigal came back to his father. Even after the prodigal wasted all of his goods on wine, women, and song, and then he, he, he ends up in a famine and ends up in a pig's pen, didn't the prodigal son come back to his father and his father accepted him? You see, the devil will use Use God's mercy to lead us on, to make us dance like the moth, being attracted to the light and trying to omit the heat. And that's what, that's what Samson's problem was. And so Delilah asks him for the secret and she keeps pressing him for the secret. And, well, Samson, two times I asked you and you lied to me twice. Tell me the secret of your strength. And so Samson tells her another story. If you braid my hair, I'll lose my strength. He's getting closer to the truth. And so he falls asleep on her lap again. And she has his hair braided. And then he arises like at other times and, and he, the Spirit of God comes upon him and he is able to overcome the, the Philistines that are coming against him. And, and she pleads with Delilah says, if, and she uses his love, and she says, if you really love me, Samson, you'll tell me the secret. And Samson breaks down, and he tells her the secret. Now, that in itself is surprising, because he already knew what her motive was. But what he does next is incredible. He tells her, if you have my hair cut, I will lose my strength. And she said to Samson, come here, Samson, lay down on my lap. Rest your weary head. Let me speak words of encouragement to you. And he falls asleep. Falls asleep? Yeah. Falls asleep. Like the moth that thinks it can get the light. He falls asleep. She has his hair cut. She calls in the barber. They cut his hair. I want to stop the story right there for a minute because it's important. Some of us, when we read the story, we see what is on the surface, but we don't see what's underneath. And what we see on the surface is that Delilah had the barbers come in and cut his hair. And we know that he lost his strength because he got up at that moment when she said the Philistines are upon thee. And he said, I will shake myself like at other times and wist not that the spirit of God had departed from him. But the question that we really need to ask ourselves in order to make a sermon really practical and get to where we live is who's cutting your hair? Now, I don't mean your barber. And I don't even mean Delilah. Who's cutting your hair? 
And I want to offer some ideas that you might entertain to think. Selfishness cuts your hair. Why do I say that? Because when Samson's hair was cut, his strength went. When his hair was cut, his anointing left. When selfishness comes into a person's life, they become selfish. Other people pick up the signals of a self-centered life. And they begin to drift away from that person. And selfishness causes us to lose our strength so we no longer have influence with the people that we once had. Selfishness. Anger. Anger cuts our hair. Anger will cut our ministry short. It will cut our ability to be strong. It will cut our anointing. If you become angry when you are angry, people who are angry feel empowered. When the truth is, while they are feeling empowered, they're actually becoming weak. It's the cutting of the hair. When our hair is cut, it means our strength is going. It means the anointing that God wants us to have is cut short. Fear cuts our hair. Because when you're afraid, you don't do things that you would have done had you not been afraid. But because you are afraid, there are places that you will stay away from because you are afraid. And that's what I mean when your hair is being cut, your strength is being cut, your anointing is being cut. So you don't go in places that God would allow you to go had you not been afraid. And so who is cutting your hair? People who are depressed are having their hair cut. They don't know it. Because when they are depressed, their strength is gone. People who are discouraged are having a haircut because they're losing their strength. People who, who just live in self-pity are having a haircut because they're losing their influence. They're be so, becoming so introverted and so into what it is that they feel that they no longer can have compassion for how, for how other people feel. So what they've done is they've isolated themselves and insulated themselves from their outside world and they are in essence having had their hair cut, they no longer have influence with other people they could have influence with, their anointing is gone. Who's cutting your hair? It can happen in such innocent looking ways. Developing that loser mentality is, is, I'm a loser, I can't make it, and it seems as if everything is working against me. I think I'm just going to eat some worms. It's the attitude that's so negative that you don't really think that life has much to offer you because you don't have this and you don't have that, and all you do is focus on what it is you don't have, and you never focus in on what it is that you do have left because God never needs what it is that you lost. God will only use what it is that you have left. But if we have this loser mentality, it just simply means we've allowed our hair to be cut and our strength is gone and our anointing leaves. I'm not bright enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that. If I'd had a little bit more money enough, and we go on to ifs, we can fill our whole lives with a whole bunch of ifs and all of those ifs do are a bunch of scissors that just simply cut away our anointing and leaves us like Samson was left. Weak, vulnerable, prey. So they picked up Samson. They poked his eyes out. And they put him in a place where animals tread the grain. 
He lost his freedom. He lost his eyesight. Lost his hair. But there's a good part to the story because it's important that we tell the whole story. And that is that after a while, after he had been humiliated, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. He lost his eyes. He would never get his sight back. He lost his freedom. He would never have his freedom back. They cut off his hair, but his hair, his hair began to grow because God can find something in your life after you have lost some things in your life because of consequences. He can find something in your life to make it work. His hair began to grow. He began to get strength back that he had lost. The story goes on. So it happened when their hearts were merry, and that's the Philistine hearts, they had a great celebration at one of their temples and they began to drink and they got intoxicated. It's a strange thing when people get intoxicated. They do things they wish to God they hadn't done later. But at the time they think it's just a wonderful idea. But it was a mistake. The Philistines made a big mistake when they began drinking. And then they made another mistake. And they said, call for Samson that he may perform for us. Perform? You want, you want Samson to perform? He spent 40 years as a, as a judge performing to your chagrin. You want him to come and perform? But you think that he is now lost and he's finished and there's no hope for him. I don't think any committee would have voted to have him brought back on, online so that God would work in his life again. He was finished. And I said, let us, let us have him come out and perform for us. And then they made another mistake and they stationed him between the pillars and they brought Samson out and he stands there he lost everything everything that he had except his ability to pray don't ever underestimate prayer your back may be up against the wall and it seems like you got nowhere else to go and you are finished and you're down for the 10 count don't ever forget that you still have one ace up your sleeve is prayer. Then Samson called to the Lord saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once. I know I messed up, but give me strength just this one time. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple. And he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the Lord's and all the people who were in it. There was a mighty quake as the building fell down, and God did it again. God wants to do it again in your life. In your life. God wants to do again what you don't believe God can do. You've been listening to Pastor Joe at Sunlight Christian Center.